welcome all to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson, and I'm here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, got Paul Whiteside. Not done this for a couple of weeks together. Paul, how have you been? I know you said there, as, as ever, but I've not been on for a while, have I? So it's, it's quite rare. Yeah, I'm okay, mate. Thank you. I've been busy, and that, as you know, with things and work always seems to get in the way, doesn't it? And everything that's supposed to do the podcast. I always end up finishing work late, but yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, keeping Britain going. That's what you're doing, Paul. That's all that matters. But yeah, been busy really, working that and family and rugby's back now, isn't it? So every minute of every weekend's covered now, isn't it? That's the, the joy of life, really. Yeah, it takes up a lot of your time, doesn't it, when the match is on. I mean, I, I'm just glad this weekend it's a Saturday game rather than a Thursday night. I mean, the last few weeks we've had Thursday night games and they're, they're tricky to get to when you're working and especially when it's away from home as well. I like the Thursday night games, I'm usually shattered on Friday because it's a long, because you're out all day and then straight to the game in your van and then you're home till late. So I'm glad it's a Saturday. I know it's a trip to Hull, but it should be quite smooth going up the M62 on Saturday. So yeah, I'm looking forward to a Saturday three o'clock game yeah so lots to go on this week we're going to look back at the Warrington defeat we'll talk about the ladies their first pre-season game of the season the reserves played Warrington in their first league game so we're going to talk about that game as well look at all the big news coming out of the club and we've got Whitesides World Rugby League and then we're going to preview the game against Hull on Saturday so should we start with the game against Warrington Hull yeah certainly mate certainly you're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. Yeah, so Salford were defeated against Warrington away from home. They lost 36 points to 20, Paul. A great first half, went into a commanding lead, but unfortunately, lack of ball and too much territory for Warrington made the difference. Yeah, it did. I described it, I mean, like my fingers a game of two halves. I know it's an old cliche, but it really was. It was one extreme to the other. The first half, you know, I thought Warrington made a good start. They come out all guns blazing, but we weathered that early storm and, and took them apart, really. We're going in 20 points to six. We scored three really good tries. I think we made 10 line breaks, eight to 10 line breaks. Uh, looked dead dangerous every time we got the ball. <clears throat> Excuse me, I remember Tyler Dupree racing through and it, we were just cutting them to pieces and for one reason or other that second half things didn't go our way uh, I know Warrington's got a massive pack of forwards haven't they and they rotated them Cassiano came on and Paul Vaughan had a good game they got two good halfbacks there and they started moving the ball plus they had a lot of possession uh, we didn't have any ball at all in that second half and the, the sim been in sort of put the nail on the head really didn't it that, that, that turned it completely for us so he's disappointing but Come away from the game, not happy, but I thought we played quite well, so wasn't too too despondent. Yeah, looking at the positives, Paul, that first half going in twenty points to six, great tries from Ellis Longstaff, Mark Steed, and Ryan Bradley. Like you said, Warrington's big forwards worked against them in the first half, with us attacking the edges and making meters as well, which is important. We were in good ball with territory, and. I just felt we, we were in control going into our time. But, you know, rugby league's a funny game, isn't it? You know, it's momentum. And it seemed in that second half, Warrington scored early in that second half. The Simbin came and they took advantage of the extra man on the field. And when there is momentum in, in a game, it's hard to stop. Yeah, I thought we lacked a bit of composure in that second half. Every time the ball went in the air... I think Dion Cross fluffed a few kicks and Briley at the back as well didn't look as steady and Warrington seemed to turn the screw on us there really and perhaps we panicked a bit. I think we got a penalty goal, didn't we? And I thought we should have run that 
and I think Sneedy went for goal and missed it. We not had any ball at all for that first 10 minutes. I remember saying to my dad, why don't we just run this now and just, just have a bit of possession in there at half? And obviously, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? But obviously, Sneedy went for the, the kick and, and, and missed the kick. But I think you've got to give Warrington a bit of credit. You know, they won three from three. They look pretty good. They've spent a lot of money on that team and brought players in. They look... I'm not saying they're going to be title contenders, but they look like they're going to be in the playoff zone around there. They've got a big squad. And when you've got blokes like Cassiano coming off the bench and that Paul Vaughan in the team and their halfbacks as well, a pretty good Drinkwater and George Williams, they're not a bad side, are they? I think we give them a lot of problems. We proved that if you can move the ball, as Leeds did on Friday night against St. Helens, if you move the ball wide and take a chance, chance your arm. You, you know, you'll cause teams problems and leads to St. Helens and we did to Warrington, but sadly for us, it was only 40 minutes. Mm, yeah, I think Warrington are going to be there and thereabouts. I know every year people say it's always their year, but coming back from 20 points to six down in that first half at home where the crowd would have been with nervous shows, they've got something in them for me, but it was, yeah, momentum. The sim bidding I thought was harsh on Ryan Briley. I think obviously the referee has his to make there, whether he held him down too long or not, but I thought it was a very harsh decision, which had a crucial effect on the game. Yeah, the, the Briley sim bidding, I, I think things like that are 10 a penny. And we made a lot of breaks in that first half. Warrington must have held us down on some of them. So he swings and roundabouts in it. So I thought, yeah, I thought the referee was a bit harsh on us there. And, and that was a big moment in the game. I mean, would Warrington have still won if Briley had stayed on? They might have done because it was going their way, wasn't it? But I thought that was a harsh decision. And what I didn't like was the way Josh Drinkwater was sort of appealing to the referee to tell him 10 minutes. I mean, I don't like that sort of a game where players are sort of trying to influence the referee. I know it goes on, but it's a bit uncalled for that, really. But no, it's a big decision, Matt. Yeah. And then obviously the two eight-point tries were crucial as well. Paul, what did you make of them? Obviously, the, the Dupree one happens a lot in, in rugby. Obviously, when someone scores, people coming back towards their own goal. It, you know, it happens a lot. I, I'm not particularly bothered as long as everyone gets treated the same. If this week somebody dies over and someone goes in with the knees and the same happens again, then that's that's fine by me. If it doesn't happen again, then obviously questions need to be asked. I thought it was laughable, Rob, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been watching Solve for, what, 35, 36 years and I, I can remember one at the AJ Bell since we moved there, and that was with Hastings against Toulouse, I think it was, in 2018. He got his head chopped off as he went over the line, which is right, which is the right decision. But I can only think of maybe three or four in all the time I've watched it, and then you, you get two in half an hour. So it was unbelievable. So I couldn't believe what we was seeing. I mean, what was the betting odds on that? Uh, I thought yeah, Dupree was... It's one of them, minute a player's committed. Uh, the Watkins one, I've not watched the, the, the video back, so I, I didn't even see that, so I don't even know what that was for. But I don't know. I think sometimes referees tend to be a bit pedantic sometimes, don't they? And a bit of common sense is needed. But if that's what they're going to do, fair enough. But you've got, you've got to do it and police it and be consistent. You can't just give them out willy-nilly when you fancy it. It's got to be consistent and every week. So we'll watch this weekend and see what happens. Yeah. I think, obviously, the letter of the law... Both were the correct decision, but how often does it happen and it just gets sort of waved away? And it's just like you say, I suppose referees must have had a chat about in off-season yeah. and, and decided this is what we're going to do. We're going to police this. And it's like every every season, there's always something they try and improve, like the play the ball, I think it was last year, where the first couple of rounds, players were getting penalised for not playing the ball, right? And it all settled down after, after a few weeks. So hopefully this will be the same. The Watkins one for me, Paul... It, 
as the, the Warrington player dives over, he does clock him in the face with a high tackle. But I don't think it was deliberate. I just think it was a, a desperate attempt to dislodge the ball, which, which missed and touched his face instead. Lots of players do that. You see it a lot, I think, when players dive over the line and there's bodies everywhere. But like I said, consistency. If it happens again and, and get the same outcome, happy days. If not, then you've got to start asking questions. Yeah, the thing is, it doesn't seem to be consistent, does it? I mean, every week that something will happen or somebody will get banned. I think it was, was it was it Wellsby? St. Helens last week took somebody's head off. Yeah. He didn't get banned and then somebody else did get a ban and it's like, well, what did he get banned for? I mean, Sean Kennedy has got four games for something and I believe it was down. I've not seen what he's done, but someone said, oh, it's very controversial. Well, he's got four matches for, so we'll have to have a look at that. But like you just said, they hit the nail on the head. Every season... There's always something that the referees sort of are dead, dead hot on, aren't they, at the start of the year? It's, it's usually it's like sometimes it's that playing the ball correctly or or offside at marker. Or, it's been something every season, hasn't it? All we want is a bit of consistency. And I think what what disappoints me is when you come away from a match or come away from watching a great game, like I watched the Saints-Leeds game on, I didn't watch it Friday night, I watched it on Sunday, and I really enjoyed it. There was loads of stuff happening. Yeah, there's a bit of controversy and what have you, but it was a top game. But what we tend to find now is everyone's moaning about the refereeing, refereeing decisions when we should be saying, well, what a great game that was, and yeah. what a great try, what a great pass. We don't want the referees to set the stage. We want them to be in the background. Yeah, I agree with that. I've been starting watching Australian Rugby League on a Friday, and I noticed their commentators, anything that's sort of like dubious, and, and I think if we would look at it again, they just gloss over. And they don't talk about it. They talk about the fantastic play rather than, you know, was that a knock-on? Was he offside? They always yeah. talk about how great the, the skill was. And that might, in, so like you said, enhance the people's enjoyment of the, the sport and the game if people are calling out the great stuff rather than talking about the bad stuff. Yeah, you've only got to look on Twitter and, and Facebook and that every time there's a, a good try, I think one of the Leeds tries actually was, was labelled this. People, people's first call is, it's a forward pass. Yeah. And it's like... Like, come on, it's a great try. I mean, you could probably call... If you went right back through history books the last hundred years and actually measured stuff with a ruler, there's probably been thousands of tries that have been a forward pass. The record books have looked totally different, but sometimes, if it, unless it's blatantly forward, that momentum rule and what have you, I mean, just just applaud great rugby league. And instead, we always seem to... In rugby league, people always seem to be trying to find a fault. Oh, he's offside, or it's, oh, it's this, it's that, the other. But sometimes you've got to say... It's good. It's a good try. It's good play. I mean, I couldn't believe the meltdown the St. Helens supporters were having when they lost to Leeds. You know, blaming their free for everything. I thought you've lost one game. You know, <laughs> come on, you've just won the World Club Challenge. You've been beaten by a Leeds who played really well, which pays me to say. But it was like blaming the referee for everything. And I thought, yeah, you weren't blaming the referee of the semi-final last season when there was loads of controversy against us. So. Uh, don't know. We tend to blame referees for all sorts, really. Don't. We? Let's just let's just celebrate good play and, and enjoy the sport for what it is. Yeah, I think it's one of them where if you're the, the best in the world, you just want a homecoming and show the trophy. Everyone's glad having each other and Leeds aren't the team they used to be, so they probably expected a bit of a rollover. But to be fair, Leeds were really good. I thought they were very fast around the ruck and halfway through the game, I was thinking they're going to start blowing up here, but they didn't do. That's They were, you know, a good thing. Is it Rowan Smith? You know, he's got them fit. And they def- definitely didn't drop off at the end. And like you said, a couple of big decisions at the end, but that's what that's what... People talk about in the pubs and the clubs after, don't they? You know, the big decisions. A lot of it 
you know, it's been taken away by the uh, the video referee because you always get a decision, but sometimes you don't get the correct decision. That's why you get debates. Of course, and I think it was Walters, the big leads forward, who, who came for the shoulder charge and it changed the game, really. Yeah, yeah. It was one of them. It was a 50-50, wasn't it? I mean, wasn't a shoulder charge, wasn't it? It was hard to tell. And, and I think that's good. You know, it's good to have banter about it and say, yeah, and you disagree with things. And one thing that annoyed me about and I'm not going to have a go at Sky, I had to watch the game with the sound down and listen to the, the local radio cover, coverage, really, because I think it's, it's really good but I couldn't believe the way before the game sort of Sky Sports was or Satan's have won this game at a can when we have the touch screen after we're going to have such a body we might have Cruz Leem and his Leeds win but Leeds aren't going to win <laughs> and I thought it was really disrespectful to Leeds I thought yeah, I don't know I'm not a big fan of their coverage but no as a whole I've enjoyed the game so far this season I think they've been good and as you said Leeds are playing they lost the first two but then look really good in that game so you look at the, the games I mean Lee had a good win at LKR at the moment it's, it's very unpredictable isn't it the, the Super League it's, a lot of the teams are, can beat each other on the day can't they and that's what it's all about, Super League. about everyone being competitive and that's what other fans want. We want excitement every week and good rugby. Talking about good rugby, Paul, we had some fantastic rugby in that first half. Rowley Ball was was in full flow, I thought. Tyra Dupree was fantastic, the forwards attacking the edges of the Warrington defence. And yeah, second half, a lot of ball, Warrington, a lot of possession. We started to gas, but there's a lot of positive to take out the game for me. Yeah, there's loads of positives to take out of the game. It was an enjoyable game. I enjoyed the match. I mean, even the second half, I said to my dad on the way home and our imaging, saying every time we come to Warrington, it's always a good game. It's always a really entertaining game. A few years ago, we had the 20 points to 19 game with the drop goals, didn't we? And I think with George Williams, who dropped the goal last season, we, we stormed back, didn't we, and won a game there. So it's always entertaining. And it was, it was a shame the way it, way it ended up. I think the scoreline flattered Warrington a bit, really. I didn't think we were 16 points worse off than what they were. But as you said, I was very, very impressed with Tyler Dupree I thought when he went through that gap there he was, he was causing real problems I thought Oliver Parkinson again was tremendous and it's just a shame he's picked an injury up now as well the pack I thought worked hard in the first half and Brodie Croft I think Warrington did a good job on Brodie I think they kept him quiet really I don't think he really got much in the game I thought Mark Sneed bossed it well but I think we need to see a bit more from Brodie hopefully against Hull this weekend big pitch there he'll be able to do his magic yeah, talking about the stats now, Salford top meter meters, uh, Ryan Briley 125, Ken C 141, Oliver Partington 58, Tyler Dupree 177 and Shane Wright 88. Thoughts, Paul? Yeah, I thought the forwards put a, a good shift in and as we said before, Warrington's probably got the biggest pack in the league. Mm. You look at the players they've got in their forwards and it was always going to be a tough game. I think the, the bookies give us a 14 start, so we was always going to be behind the eight ball going into the game. But I thought the forwards muscled up well. It was good to see Adam Sidlow making his second debut for the club. I know there's probably more to come from him. But at the moment, we're struggling for forwards. We were just chatting off air before, weren't we? Ben Helliwell's injured. Andrew Dixon's injured. We've now got Partington injured. We are struggling. James Greenwood's been out as well, hasn't he? So hopefully we'll get a few forwards back. But... The likes of Shane right? I think he puts a shift in every week, doesn't he, when he plays? He's a tackling machine, he works really hard. And One player that really, really impressed me was Ellis Longstaff. Mm. I thought, for a kid of 20 years of age, I thought he was everywhere in that game. And I'd have him starting against Hull. I think he really, really impressed me. I thought he didn't look out of place. He looked like he'd been playing Super League for 10 years. So he's a really good find. Yeah, took his try well and, like you say, opportunity for him. Obviously, playing against Warrington, his parent club, but he plays well and he earns a contract, then it's opportunity to go on to do big things with us. Talking about the tackles now, 
Paul, Callum Watkins, 38 tackles. Brody Croft, 21 tackles. Andy Akers, 39 tackles. Shane Wright, 32 tackles. And Ellis Longstaff, 26 tackles. Forwards doing a lot of work, like you said, with the big forwards of Warrington rolling down the middle. It was a tough night for him. It was, yeah. Andy Akers there with a, with a good amount of tackles. And then Ellis Longstaff, as you said there, it, it, for his debut, I thought he played really well. And we'd expect him to perform against his, his parent club, but he did. But yeah, Andy Akers put a good shift in. Shane Wright as well. You know, he was good, 30-odd tackles. And, and Callum Watkins there, that's a, that's a good showing for Callum. Um, and Callum always puts his, his hand up, doesn't he? And it was, like I said to you before, it was coming away from the ground, even though we'd lost by 16 points, you sort of felt sorry for the players a bit, really, because they put so much effort in and, and yet come away with nothing. And it was a big effort. And like, I think Paul Rowley said it, didn't he, in his press conference? It was like an avalanche in that second half. Everything just seemed to go against us, didn't it? The penalties, it's the six agains. And that's another tough rule, the six again, really. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that because you can be defending and defending for your lives and the referee can just like sort of wave it on again and, you know, you, you can turn the game really quickly that. So, is it one where you as a coach has to sort of have a word with the players, have a word with the referees and say, well, what do you want us to do to sort of prevent these these six against? It's, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I spoke to Paul Rowley about that in the press conference today and he was like, nothing I can do about it. And and these he knows if he asks the referees why you're not giving me decisions, he knows the answer that they'll they'll give him. So he was a bit kind of sort of palmed it off really, as like, well, it's just one of them things. And I kind of agree with him, but I'm sure when it comes it really comes down to I know we talk about intelligence, don't we, rugby league intelligence? And it's about milking the right penalty at the right time for, for me. And if you're going to get sort of a penalty on the first tackle, then it doesn't really affect you. But if you can get one, two, three, four tackles, then it gives you another, you know, 50, 60 metres, doesn't it? I wouldn't call it cheat. It's just bending the rules, really. But that's sport, and you've got to you've got to find the edge when you can. Yeah, I'd like to see the stats for them six again. Mm-hmm. I'm not a betting man, really, but I reckon that the home side wins it most weeks, you know, gets more than the away side because to me, if you're a referee and the crowd are on your case, you know, begging for offside and that you're gonna sort of listen to it. Aren't you? Especially if you're at St. Ellen's ground where you've got all the Saints fans or Leeds fans behind it, Leeds ground. It's one of them I, I don't it's not a rule I like. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. So what's the difference between this? Is a six again it's not enough for a penalty, but well, I, I don't. It just seems a daft rule. Mm. It really does. So, uh, and it can, like we say, it can change games, can it? And and, and you can have blowout score lines with it, and that because that game was sixteen points. There wasn't sixteen points in that game between the two sides. I didn't think really. It looked like a blowout score when it wasn't. Yeah, I've asked the club if you can give me some stats on our six agains. I'm sure, I'm sure our stat man's there, you know, beavering through a load of information now, trying to get at me. But it will be interesting, like you say, on where we're getting penalised and who is being penalised, so we can see where the problem areas are, and then obviously Paul might be able to to fix it up. But it's like I say, it's a difficult rule. I suppose you just got to it's here to stay in it in a way, so you've got to make sure you you adapt and, like we said. Momentum such is a difficult thing in rugby league to stop. As soon as the team get on a roll, it's very, very difficult to turn the turn the corner. Big thanks for your three word match reports, man of the matches. We'll start with Colin Wilson, Jacqueline Hyde. His man of the match was right. Chairman Bob, 
Game lasts 80 minutes. Dupree, Andy Roberts, never a yellow. Partington, Stuart Smart, horrific second half. Dupree, Mark, frustrating second half. Partington, James Hoskinson, no game management. Partington, I think, Paul, game management in that second half. If you don't have the ball, you don't have territory. You're just coming off your line when you do have the ball. It's a bit difficult to manage. Yeah, well, well, yeah, because we didn't really have all, have anything, did we? We didn't have any possession. Mm. We had no territory. We, we was chasing it really. What we it was like, like Rowley said, a, a, a avalanche of, of Warrington. We like the Alamo one, it really coming at us. So we didn't really, really have much. Um, yeah, perhaps with the penalty kick, as I said, should be a run it there. It's difficult though. We were in front there, weren't we? I think at the time. So I'm sure it was eight points if it was something like that. So Sneedy was. Yeah, trying to just edge us a bit further in front, wasn't it? So perhaps means game management on that, I don't know. But it was hard to, it wasn't our game to manage, was it really? It was a game that was drifting away from us. So, yeah, I can understand the frustration though, Rob. Anita, refereeing game, Partington, Colin Reynolds, ref spoiled it, Dupree, your mate Roy Ellaby, 30 unanswered points. He's got a point. I suppose, but like we said before, if you've not got no ball and no territory, you start to gas. That's why we did concede 30 points in that in that second half. Duncan Normanton, Jack Jones, joke. I don't think we can we can go too much on the referee. So uh, it's the same for both sides in, in many ways. Uh, Patrick Conley didn't deserve that. Dupree, Sir Richmond, horrific second half. Dupree, Michael Redfern, second half blues. Um, Natalie Taylor, Ref Horror Show, uh, A Art B can't speak. Jack Smith, we is the referee, and uh, yeah. So big thanks for your your three word man of the matches. Obviously, just after the match, everyone's uh, frustrated out the Paul, and it's a good way to know what everyone's everyone's feeling. Yeah, it is. I mean, quite a few people bagging the referee off there. I mean, I'm not one for slagging referees off, but I didn't think Jack Smith gave us much. Uh, I thought he was a bit harsh on us at times. I think the, the two eight-point tries, I mean, we'll have to see how that, how that goes. I thought they were very harsh. I thought the Simbinning was very harsh. I just don't want referees to, to become the centre of attention. No one's bothered about the referee. Let's just watch the match. And to me, sometimes they do. They try and be sort of dramatic about things and they mic'd up now and all that. And I don't know. I mean, this this Saturday we've got Chris Kendall, haven't we? And he's another one that sort of likes to be the centre of attention. He likes to be controversial, a bit like the Ganson of this world. And we don't want that. We just want to see good rugby league, don't we? So I can see where people are coming from because, like you said, eight-point tries are like rocking horse droppings out there you don't, you don't see him do you I mean I've never seen anything you get two in, in a game I, I just thought we'll have to see how it goes if there's a load of them this weekend then fair enough but I bet there's not but no. No, we'll move on we'll move yeah. on we'll move on to reserves Paul they travelled to Warrington for their first game of the season and lost 40 points to 18 Stuart Wilkerton's men obviously coming up against a you know a bigger Warrington team. I thought they scored some good tries at Salford. We've both sort of seen the highlights and it shows they've got plenty of ball players in that team and they know how to finish. Yeah, nice facility there at Warrington as well. Looking at the, the, the camera footage, it looks a nice little ground, nice training facilities there. And yeah, good standard. I thought Warrington were impressive. But Salford's tries were good. The first try, lovely. Lovely flick out the back there. And it looked like Jack Steve was orchestrating things at half-back and that. We looked to be moving the ball really well. Obviously, defence needs work because we conceded 40 points. But the tries we scored were, were excellent and well-worked tries. Yeah. 
first try. Nathan Connell was Charlie Glover with the offload, and he found that Connell in the, in the corner. Great try that one, and then Jason Lee crashed over after Jack Stevens did a bit of dancing through the Warrington defence. And obviously, there's a lot of talk about Jack Stevens and his potential. He had a, I thought he had a, you know, serious involvement in a lot of solved tries. Yeah, yeah, good to see as well. A good, good young player, and hopefully, he's a player that can can make that pathway and. As all the players in the reserves can help out and, and play for the first team one day, because that's what what you want. That's what you want to see. That's what it's all about. So, uh, so yeah, I didn't think it was a million miles off. You know, though, some of those Warrington lads have probably been in that reserve team there and that development there for a good number of years now. So, we're uh, we're sort of slow starters, aren't we, to this and probably playing catch up with some of the other teams. But no, I don't think it was a million miles off Warrington there. We're showing good signs, you know, promising signs. So uh, we've got because of a good side there, and, and yeah, let's see how it goes and progress throughout the season. Yeah, last try of the game from Walker. I thought that was a fantastic try. Moved from right to left yeah. through the hands. Connor went down the wing, back inside, and nice hands. And I think it was Walker who went over for the score. So, you know, when got when they've got space and, and ball, they can certainly score. We, we play a good brand, don't we? I mean, mm. you look at the way the reserves play. And um, Stuart Wilkins has obviously got and playing like the first team play because that's the, the brand of rugby league we're playing. You know, the coaching staff of both sides will, will talk to each other and, you know, it runs right through the club. And I think that's good to see. You know, we're not just a, a boring five drives and a kick up the jumper team. Are we? we're, we're trying to play rugby league the right way. And that's, you know, what gave us so many plaudits last season with the first team. So that's good to see. And that's going to develop those, those lads as well. And I think the promising signs there for the reserves. Yeah, so you can watch that on RDTV. Uh, so if you want to watch the game, watch Sofa's Tries, log on there and enjoy yourselves. Next game, what we're going to talk about is a ladies' game. They had their first friendly of the season against Wigan at the Roosters. They went down 38 points to four, Paul. Obviously, it's pre-season. It's, it's a step up to the Super League. Obviously, results don't really matter. At this moment in time, it's more about getting fit, ready for the big kickoff. Yeah, I, I won't pay any attention to to results in preseason games unless you're playing Swindon and you don't want to lose to them. But <laughs> anybody, anybody else, I'm not bothered. Yeah, look at the the first team. We we got hammered really at Wigan, didn't we? And then come back in and beat Lee. And you know we've looked okay in the, in the Super League game so far. So I think preseason games, really, especially for the ladies as well, it's about ironing things out. It's about new systems, new players have come in as well. You're playing in a new league now this season, a better league, a better standard. So it's just about ironing things out, really. And you don't want to give everything away in a preseason game. Do you? It's about getting back to, to match fitness, trying combinations out, and getting people in the right positions in the right places. And things like that so it won't be too disheartened with that it's a learning curve isn't it and you want to be ready for when your season starts yeah the obviously a few moments in the game if you were upset about the Ryan Briley simbinning your head would have gone with this I think it was Sage Bannister got simbin for holding down and I couldn't see it I didn't know where how it penalised for holding down but and I don't think she she couldn't stand either because she was walking off the pitch with her hands in the air and Chris Bates had his hands in the air as well, so I think nobody was quite sure sort of how that happened. But then on the next sort of play from the penalty, Salford scored. We're going to move the ball wide, threw the ball out wide, and then one of our new signings, Leona Leota, intercepted on our 20 and raced 70 metres to score to go over in the corner, which is fantastic. Show great pace and great sort of spatial awareness to get into the corner and, and beat the Wigan cover. So very encouraging signs that. Yeah, certainly. And, and, and you can't beat pace, Rob. If you've got pace in your outside backs, that sounds good to me. A new signing as well with plenty of pace is going to bode really well for the for the season coming. Because if you've got that speed, 
you, you can't coach that, can you? And, and you need that in no matter what level of rugby league you're playing at. So, uh, so yeah, that sounds good to me. Yeah, and then obviously, being a pre-season friendly, we started to rotate a bit. Wigan got back into it. They had a try disallowed, then they scored a try from a kick. And then they scored a good try just before half-time, went through Salford, went through their hands to go in at half-time, 10-4 up. And then in the second half, we had a good sort of 15-20 minute period sat on their, I won't say sat on their line, but asking questions of that Wigan defence. And we're going to be playing against Super League teams and it's a good thing to test yourself against a Wigan team. And they could have scored, the ball would have bounced right a couple of times. They could have scored at least a couple of tries there. But unfortunately, I think once it went in touch, I think there was a bomb and, and Wigan sort of scuttled the ball dead. I think Kate Gary would nail over in the corner. I think, I think it was Demi Jones maybe put the ball wide and, and Gary went for the corner, but about three Wigan players threw her in touch. So the chances were there. On another day, we've got 18 points there and it's game on. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, that's that's the way the the game goes. Sometimes, doesn't you get these turnarounds? Don't you? Where um, you know you could have scored and it up down the other end, and the opposition score. So, like we said, it's, it is a learning curve for the for the ladies, and I'm sure they're going to have a good season. I'm sure they are. They've just got to raise the game. It's going to be tougher. And I think if you asked any of the ladies players, they want it tougher now, don't they? Want to take that next step on their on their journey. So, with this Super League two is not going to be you're not going to be easy at all. Yeah, and then Wigan made the scoreline look a bit lopsided by scoring two tries twice in 10 minutes in sort of two different periods. So that was why it looks more like a blowout scoreline than it was. Obviously, Chris Bates will, will be watching that, watching the video and figuring out where it all went wrong. And obviously, to be fair, it didn't really go massively wrong anyway. So they'll be encouraged on what they've seen. And like I said, they've got... Challenge Cup to look forward to. They've got Super League 2 to look forward to, and you've got momentum after last season's successes. So it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. As you said, momentum's a big thing in rugby league, isn't it? Challenge Cup as well. That's going to be exciting to be taking part in that competition this season. And if you look at the men's team as well, we're, we're 10 to 1. So with the challenge cup, I think that's a short. It's hard to have an old sort of piece. So somebody must know something there. We must be we must put our eggs in that basket. But yeah, really looking forward to the ladies' season starting now. And uh, I had a chat with Louise Fellingham at the whole KI game. She was in the press room doing some great radio work with Jack Deere and, and uh, she's not much younger than us, you know, Louise. She's uh, she was saying she's knocking on a bit now. She's younger than me though. So she was saying she's knocking on, she's a bit old to be playing the ladies, but she's not gonna quit yet. I've told her to carry on going. You've got to keep going and uh, she's excited for the season to start looking in great shape as well so uh, so yeah the, the, the training that the, the ladies put in I think his hats off to him the, the commitment and desire you know Louise is a you know firefighter isn't she and, and, and all the other ladies have got jobs and things like that so the commitment they do the, the hours they put into training it's, it's commendable so no I wish them all the best for the season I'm sure they're going to do really well yeah, squad numbers came out this week as well. Lots of pictures of shirts on, on dressing room walls. And I'd say their first sort of shirt with their own name on the back for a lot of them. And then they were, they were buzzing about that. Yeah, it's tremendous. It must be a tremendous feeling, Rob, to be representing a team and, and to be pioneers as well. You know, the first season last year as a ladies team and now they've got the second season now and to be part of that, be part of that team, it must be it must be something special. I, I wish I was part of a team. I mean, my sport is quite a lonely one what I do, but um, yeah, it must be great and now they're, they're looking forward to the season starting. But you see, all the razzmatazz is there as well, isn't it? They're, they're so professional. You see them turning up at the ground in their training kits with their bags and things like that. I think the, yeah, that's off to the club. I mean, they took this really seriously and it's, it's growing it's grown arms and legs 
and this season's going to be special. You know, they've got promotion, Super League uh, too. They're playing the likes of Wigan and teams like that. So it's only going to snowball and get better and better. So uh, just looking forward to it all starting now. Yeah, I think the podcast equivalent would be a podcast badge muff that you put on the end of a microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think when you get your own muff, that you know we made it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, anyway, so I'll just quickly run through the squad. Lucy McKeown is one, Kate Gary is two, Steph Gray is three, Alex Simpson's four, Lauren Ellison five, Lewis Fellingham six, Demi Jones seven, Megan Condoliff eight, Tasker Curran nine, Serena Tamau ten, Helena Walker eleven, Phoebe Partington twelve, Brogan Evans thirteen. Vicky Kinney, 14, Sam Evans, 15, Abby Collins, 16, Darcy Price, 17, Sage Bannister, 18, YPS is 19, Ellie Walsh is 20, 21 is Laura Bent, 22 Hannah Wicks, 23 Summer Harris, 24 Leona Alter, and 25 is Becky Davis. So that's the squad numbers for the, for the ladies. So that's all the games, Paul. And we'll start with all the big, well now we'll go on to all the big news coming out of the club this week. So we'll start, Paul, with the big news. We'll go with the injuries of uh, Joe Burgess and Oliver Partington have been ruled out for, well, Paul Raleigh wasn't being drawn on how long, but it sounds like it's going to be a long time, which is a blow because, you know, Oliver Partington has been great for us in these first few games. He certainly has. He's been he's been a revelation. Um, he's, he's had a lot of admirers from from other supporters from other clubs as well. I know he had a bit of a reputation when he was at Wigan. Uh, he's come at us all for, and I think that reputation has got better. Uh, I think he's he's been enhanced. I think he's he's a real hard worker, very aggressive, and he's just what we needed. You no, know, he's been a direct replacement really for Elijah Taylor. Different sort of player, but I know that that's the sort of position that, that Paul Rowley sees him in the loose forward position. And to me, loose forward is the most important position, or one of the most important positions on the pitch, because you're that link between the backs and the forwards, that sweeper, if you like, and that player that does everything. And, and that player's got to be athletic. You've got to play big minutes, and, and Oliver's that sort of player. So to be losing him now for for a while, a substantial amount of time, is, is a blow. Same with Joe Burgess. You know, Joe, for me. Against Hull KR, he looked a bit off the pace, didn't look quite a lot like right there. But against Warrington last week, I thought he was lightning. Every time he got the ball, he, you could see he was, he was ready to go. He, he's quick, he's sharp. Uh, so, yeah, to be losing Joe, now that, that's another blow for us. And he's another player that's been hampered by like the odd injury, hasn't he? So, let's just hope it's not bumps. Let's hope it's not too bad. Because Ryan Braille and Callum Watkins were both supposed to be out for... Till Easter, I think, weren't they? But they both started the season. So let's just hope that they make a good recovery and it's not as bad as we thought. Yeah, it's a small squad. It's been squeezed last season with King V and Shane Wright having a period of, of time off on the sidelines. Do, do you think that experience, will that sort of help the, the squad? I've spoken, I said to Paul Rowan, he, he dismissed it, but we've been in the situation before where we've been short of bodies and we've had to graft and uh, looks like we're going to have to do it again. Yeah, I think one thing Paul Roller was, was saying, I think I read it in the press, and it was very similar when we had Watto as the coach. Uh, they were having to, they were struggling at training because there's not enough players to sort of practice your match skills because you've not got enough fit bodies to, to do the, to do it. So they were sort of learning on the job in, in the league games, really, and sort of doing stuff in training, that you, you know, making mistakes in, that you do in training on the pitch. So that's not ideal at all. So uh, I know we are struggling on numbers, but... It's, it's a double-edged sword, really. I mean, you, you want quality, 
which we've got, the likes of Brody Croft and that, but it, it comes at a cost, I suppose, doesn't it? Because if, you, if you're paying for these, these quality players, you've not got as many players because obviously you can't afford to sign 30-odd, 8 out of 10 players when you've got... I don't want to offend anybody here. You know what I mean, though? <laughs> you, you, you say you've got superstars like Brody Croft. I mean, he's probably he probably costs more than sort of four or five average players, if for want of a better yeah. word. And and he's difficult. He's balancing the books, I suppose. It's a balancing act. And I think we had this conversation before the start of the season. We knew we've only got a light squad, and injuries happen. Last season, we didn't do too bad. The spine of the team stayed pretty fit for most of the season. If you look last season, the team picked itself every week, didn't it? I mean, Paul Rowley, it was an easy job for him. He just picked the same team every week, more or less. So we knew it was going to be difficult if we got injuries, but there's players there ready to step up. You know, there's players in the squad that will have to step up now. You know, with Joel Burgess out, you've got a ready-raid replacement there, Reese Williams, who never, ever lets us down. So I'm sure Reese will come in this, this Saturday. Regarding Oliver Partington, I'm not too sure. You've got Chris Atkin, who's been playing that loose forward role. Can Chris step in? Then you obviously want someone to step in on the, on the bench then. But we were talking before, the likes of Ben Early, well, he's out injured. Andrew Dixon's injured. James Greenwood's injured. So those players that you want to step in, a lot of them are injured as well. So it's got to be a tough week for Paul. A tough yeah. few weeks. He was kind of clear there's no one coming in the next few weeks. It's what we have at the moment, which is which is fine. Everyone knows everyone's job, don't they? And it will be tough, but this is what rugby league is. It's, it's a tough sport and you... I think it probably help obviously bring everyone together and, and the odds and, and possibly pick up a few results and then by the time everyone else comes back we can we can then be pushing for a playoff spot. Other news, Paul, is the club have now got printing shirt printing service available for twenty pound. Uh, you can get a shirt printed. You have to buy the shirt separately, and uh, it can take up to one to five days for them to do it, but. Which is great, obviously, it's a facility for fans if they want to put a name on the on the back of a shirt to do it and puts a few you know, coppers in the club too. It takes one to five days to print a shirt. That's what I said. Waiting time. Wow. Well, I think you, what it is, you drop it off. They'll do it, won't they? Five days. They've got time. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, it's good for everybody buying the shirts and that. I mean, I've not bought one to be honest with you, but I must admit, I liked the uh, Centenary kit. I thought it looked absolutely. Splendid at the the league game coming out in that. I thought it looked really really good, and the home kit looks looks great as well. So yeah, it's more it's more money in the coffers, isn't it? I suppose, and, and get your names on the shirts. And I mean, what I must say, I don't think I've been on the podcast for a bit, so I probably not said this, but the the matches, the amount of bobblehats we seem to have sold. Everybody seems to have a bobblehat on. So I think that the merchandise has gone really well because loads of people have bought the shirts and loads of people have bought the I always feel a bit left out now in the, in the crowd. I've not got a new shirt. But uh, but yeah, yeah, that's good. Get your name on the back of it. I think it's it's good good business. Yeah. Ladies have announced a friendly. Uh, well, two friendlies. Barrett at home on the 19th of March, 4.45 kickoff, and then Lee on the 2nd of April. So that's two more friendlies to put uh, petrol in the tank ready for the big Super League kickoff. And the 19th of March, we play Wakefield that get days at home as yeah. well. It's Mother's Day, in it? So, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can get down early. And, and what time does the ladies kick off? Do we know? 4.45. So is it after the? That'll be after yeah. our, our game yeah. in the morning. Yeah. So if you're hanging about car parks busy, you can watch that game before you go home, can't you? So so yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah. Other news: uh, Callum Watkins signs new 
three-year deal. Obviously, it's been a while since we've been on it. it. Happened about three weeks ago, but we haven't had a chat about it. Parky did, but we didn't. What do you think? Obviously, you know, we've been a, our captain, uh, been very good so far for us last season. This season leads by example. I suppose it's great having him signed up for a long-term deal, so we can obviously build round him. Yeah, well, there was rumours about other clubs sniffing round him, weren't there? Uh, so that's good that's good that we're keeping hold of him because like you said it's important to, to build the team around these sort of players so this nucleus of players that we have signed contracts like Jack Armour Callum Watkins Andy Ackers Brody Croft these are big players aren't they Ackers and, and Croft are like the spine of your team aren't they Callum is the captain so you know if you're keeping these sort of players it, it, it's great because you look at the end of this season now you're going into recruitment, Bleasy, and, and whatever you're going into recruitment, Paul Rowley or whoever does the recruiting, and you're saying to players in Australia or in this country or wherever, come to Salford, and they say, well, why? And you say, well, we've got these, we've got Andy Ackers here, we've got Brodie Croft, they're all tied down under contracts, and that's going to attract other good players to come because they know they're going playing with good players. Now, the Brodie Croft one, to me, the seven-year contract, I think it was a masterstroke because whether he stays seven years or not, if he's going to go now, Someone's going to have to pay big money for him. Um, and, and I think him signing it, it's just sort of said to other clubs that I'm ambitious, I want to win trophies with Salford. So it, it was a real big statement by the club. And I think the club are doing things the right way, you know, providing we've got the finances to back this up and, and pay for these contracts, which I'm sure we have. I think it's great tying people down is good because what we don't want is you come in sort of June, May, June when the contracts are running out and people can start talking to players. You get it every single year. People getting tapped up, don't you? you know, somebody's going there, he knocks off the pace and the crowd start moaning on saying, oh, such somebody's not pulling his weight because he's going to Woodersfield next season or he's going to Ola or wherever. So, so it's great. And one thing that we've had this season is continuity. The squad's more or less the same as it was last year, barring one or two players. And that's good. I mean, look at St. Helens. How many players do they sign every season? Maybe one or two every year. They keep that, that nucleus of that side, and that's what it's all about. I mean, the team that brings in 12 new signings never does very well. And, you know, Wakefield's league this season, I think they're that, and Castleford, they're another one. They're struggling, aren't they? I think getting players signed up is, is, is really good. And Callum is a, is a, is a mustard player. He's brilliant. Yeah, so great news there. Other news as well, the game against Hull this week will be on the Our League app. They're kind of trialling streaming games for next season and beyond. I think it's a, a good idea. It's four ninety five if you buy it before Saturday or 10 quid if you buy it on Saturday. So if you aren't going up to Hull, Ideal opportunity to watch the game on the Hour League app. They did a good job during, during lockdown, I thought. And hopefully it'll be like that again. And what's your thoughts, Paul, on potential streaming services for every game for fans who, who can't get down to the match? For me, I'm not bothered because I, I normally go. But uh, yeah, if you, if you can't go for whatever reason, you you know, you're ill or you're old or you don't drive or, or me, a number of reasons, can't I think it's great because... You want to watch the match, don't you? Know, don't get me wrong. The, the coverage on local radio is really good. You know, Radio Manchester do a great job, don't they? And, you know, I used to love listening to them before I could drive. My dad was working on on some 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 days, and I couldn't always go. I used to listen to that. So, lucky now I've got a car, and I can I can sort of take my dad and get to, to most games. I think it's going. To, it's not a lot of money, is it? Four ninety five. I mean, it's a big jump up if you pay a tenner on the day, isn't it? But four ninety five is not bad, and I think the coverage is pretty good from what I've seen on the, on the hour league app. Uh, commentary is good. So, so yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea and you can always yeah. if you don't have the commentary on there you can always mute it and put Radio Manchester on can't you <laughs> get the best of both worlds 
opportunity for the club to get revenue opportunity for you know sponsors to see themselves a, a bigger audience and uh, grow the sport I, I can't see a, a massive sort of problem with it really being selfish maybe opportunity for me to possibly get a commentary job on there but you never know i'd probably wouldn't be able to do so because i'd be like yeah i can't do that when you're a neutral commentator but we'll have to wait and see how that plays out but i think it's great I think it's really good. I think hopefully the clubs will all buy into it and it'll grow the exposure of the sport and help it grow. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know how it works in Australia. I think they tend to have a lot more games on their sort of channel line than we do. I think most of their games are on, aren't they? I think every game's on. I mean, if you look at football now, Premier League, I'm pretty certain you can watch nearly all the games, can't you now? You know, whether it's Red Button or... I don't think it's live, but you can usually watch them sort of half an hour after or at tea time or whatever, can't you? So so the more games that you get on and the more people can watch, the more coverage the sport gets. I think it's better. I mean, you look at now, you've got Sky Sports doing a good job. Not the best job, but they're not bad. But you've got Channel 4, who I think do a great job. I think their coverage is good. And I know there's been matches on Monday night, the Championship. Is it? Is there? A, is that a pay-per-view channel? Is it via, via sports yeah. or something? I've, I've seen that. I was having a scan through me. I don't I watch a lot of telly, but I was scanning through last night and noticed that was on there. So I think you can pay for that channel. So, so yeah, the, the more rugby league we can watch, the better. Yeah, and if you can't get on the Our League app, you can listen to BBC Radio Manchester where Paul Hyten and Trevor Hunt and Chris Charles will be following the action. They're very knowledgeable and great. Trevor's a, a great commentator, so you'll have your bases covered there. Yeah, so, yeah Trevor's brilliant. And I mean, big big kudos to, to Chris Charles as well because we always see Chris Charles when we go to either OKR yeah. or Hull. He's always there and uh, he always gives Salford a good... You know, cheers us on, doesn't he, really? He's a, he's a secret Salford support, I think, Chris. You know, a whole lad, but, you know, play for OK, I play for Salford, great guy as well. Paul Lighton's always really good on the radio as well. I think anyone they get on Radio Manchester, I mean, it was good to hear Louise Fellingham the other week, and I think Luke Adamson was on, who played for us as well. Uh, they always have some really good guests on there, and their coverage is, is absolutely brilliant. I mean, I was listening to the uh, the Rugby League Hour on Sunday afternoon, they have Stacey Copeland on there with Jack and Trevor, and they've got callers coming on. I think it's brilliant coverage. Salford get great coverage on there. I think you know Jack and, and Trevor are secret little Salford support and I think Jack <laughs> is quiet anyway he, he's always sticking up for us so yeah their coverage is great yeah you know it's like in the, in the commentary box when they're at half time and they're, they're on and I'm not and you, you, you kind of I look at I look at Trevor and you can tell it's his eye you can tell well, you know his eyes whether it's a good good half or, or a bad half and it, it's little things like that make me sort of chuckle uh, but don't forget though if you're going to the game against Hull on Saturday, buy your tickets from the club. Club get twenty five percent, puts a few more coppers in the tank. Yeah, it certainly does. I'm hoping to get some tickets this week. To be honest, I know we try and get them when I'm driving past the ground, but my jobs have been all over the place the last couple of days. So I've not been able to get past the AJ Bell. I've been in like Burnley and Blackburn and God knows where else. So I'll try and get down there either tomorrow or Friday. But I think you can. I was asking Ellen today to phone him up and just um, save us some and pick him up on Friday when I'm passing, but I think you can do that, can't you? Buy him over the over the phone and just pick him up from reception. You'd hope so. I'm sure. You, I'm sure. If you said I'm Paul Whiteside, like save me a ticket, somebody will. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I suppose even if you can't pick him up from the club, you can pick him up from Hull, can't you? As long as you pay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you sure can do that. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure, sure, sure you can do that. You can buy you can buy them and just pick them up there, can't you? Hmm. I'm sure you can, yeah. 
Okay, other news. Devils Foundation, Year 10 and Year 11 girls open day 4th of April from 12.30 at Eccles College. Like I said, they're trying to build the infrastructure around the ladies team now. So it's opportunity for if you've got a girl in, in that, that age group to go down and hopefully one day get to play for the ladies team. That's it. That's what we want, isn't it? You know, the, the ladies who are playing now are trendsetters, aren't they? Mm. And they're influencing people. I know my daughter's really interested in rugby league now and she's been playing football at school and she's not very good at football and so I dropped out of it. And she's been told that they're going to do rugby league next year when she goes into year eight. So she's looking forward to that. And and, and that a lot of that is to do with, with the ladies playing. Uh, she's got a season ticket for Solver now, but I think... Oh, she loves coming and watching the first team and, and, and Ryan Brown is an hero of hers and, and what have you. But I think the the ladies, watching the ladies play has sort of helped her along as well, thinking, I can do that. I can be involved in that. And I think that's sort of gone hand in hand, really. So, yeah, it's been it's been good. These last two years have been really good. I think, you know, seeing the amount of kids that go to the matches now, I think, you know, it's really, really heartwarming to see. It's not just old fogies like us that are going anymore. Kids and people are getting involved, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and, it, and it's International Women's Day as well, so happy International Women's Day uh, to all the ladies out there, all the ladies who listen to the podcast, 35%, I think, of our listeners are, are female. Paul, which shows that we've grown from about maybe 10 in the last sort of two or three years, which is which is great. because you've got Parky on, isn't it? It's a ladies' wow. man, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you everyone's favourite Paul Whiteside for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Face the radio, I mean, it? That's it. That's it. Other news: the Rising Stars campaign will start again later in the year for under 15s, under 16s. If you're interested in either the Ladies Open Day or the Rising Stars, contact Danny Barton at SalfordCC.ac.k. David Watkins was 81 yesterday. Paul, what a legend at, at the club! What a legend in rugby league, really. And uh, yeah, we wish him happy birthday. Yeah, I know my dad said to me the other week about, you know, players like that shouldn't really grow old, should they? It's difficult, you know, when you've seen him, you know, playing in the pomp. And uh, I know David's been quite poorly, hasn't he, recently? And, um, you know, 81, you see, you know, when you see him playing in his 20s, I bet it's, I mean, my, my, my dad goes to see Mike Coomer quite a lot. Mike's been pretty poorly recently. And I think it upsets him sometimes, thinking, oh, wow, I saw him in like the 60s and 70s playing, and like now he's lost quite a bit of weight and he's not so well. He's, he's you know, remember things like he used to do. And, you know, it's David Watkins was a great player, wasn't he, in both codes, rugby union and rugby league, and absolute legend in the sport, you know, record breaker for Salford. And he'll go down as one of our all time greats. You've only got to look at the, some of the comments I saw on, on social media from people when it was his birthday the other day, and people were saying he's my favourite player, and, he, you know, he got me watching rugby league. League. That's why I started watching Salford. And he was a trailblazer when he signed for us, wasn't he? He was a bloke in the peak of his career, and um, you know, a fantastic player, fantastic player. I mean, it's just a shame that there's not. I don't think there's hardly any footage out there, is it, of, of David playing for Salford? There's, there's hardly anything from, from us in the seventies. Um, very, very little, which is such a shame. Um, obviously, there's a '69 Cup final, there, but there's not much else you can you can watch those great players. And we had some fantastic players, then, didn't we? Fantastic side, and David was a massive part of that, and a, and a great international player for Wales as well. Yeah, talking about sort of players getting old. You find Paul when I started watching Salford, all these players were like sort of. I was must have been about maybe. 12, 13, and the players were all sort of 20s, mid-20s, and they were all, all seemed really old. And then as time's gone on, we've got older and the players have got younger. And now 
the play I forget the players are only about all about sort of mid twenties and I'm they're like forty. Yeah, you're old enough to be the dad though, aren't you? Well, not only that, you start thinking, you see players and you think, I remember his dad. (laughs) (laughs) Or sometimes you remember, like my dad will say, I remember his granddad. You know, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I remember my dad telling me when I first started going out, players like Paul Newlove, people like that, you'd say, oh, be a great player. He said, well, I remember Paul Newlove's dad, John Newlove, playing for Featherstone in the the 60s and 70s. And I'm I'm saying the same thing to Imogen now. You look at players and think, yeah, I remember, uh, remember his dad, I remember such a player. And it's like, you think, oh, when did he play then, dad? Um, about 19, 1998. It's like, when was 1998? It's like 20 odd years, 25 years ago. It's, oh, it flies by, doesn't it? Time does fly by. And you, you, you don't realise, do you know, you look at things sometimes and look at memories and that. And you think, God, when was that match? Oh, 2000 and something. And you think, what the hell? It's, it's a lifetime ago, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah, we are getting old now. Both of us, both of us are 40 now, aren't we? I know. Yeah. yeah, it's the reference points. It's like I remember speaking to YPS last season when we did the podcast with her, and I said to her, "You know what? You want to watch Andy Kohler? He, he's a similar forward to you." She looked at me like, "Who?" And I thought, "Andy Andy Kohler was about twenty years ago." And I was like, "Oh yeah, not gonna remember Andy Kohler, is yeah? You know what I mean?" <laughs> so, no, no. reference points out of the out of out of sync there, and. <laughs> Other news, Walking Rugby is is on at Eccles College, Tuesday, 7pm. Uh, great way to get fit, you know, great community down there. We've seen sort of pictures, haven't we, of, um, of doing it. And uh, I think it's great the foundation of have got things like this up and running uh, for everybody. Yeah, it certainly is doing a great job. The foundation as well. I, I spoke to John Blackburn actually on, on Saturday. He phoned me up and he was telling me about something that they're doing at the moment. They're doing is it? It's not a Willow's memories, but like a, a memories video. I think they've been filming today, haven't they? In the dog and partridge and at the stadium, and that's going to be great. You know, when that comes out, I look forward to watching that. And you know, the foundation and John and people like that and Neil Blackburn and all those other guys down there do a great job, don't they? And, and things like this walking rugby league. It's just getting people involved. It's getting people out there in the community and uh, getting them out there and doing a bit and, and rugby league is a, is a great way to make friends you think of any friends you've made through rugby league I mean I knew your face years ago but yeah. I wasn't friends with you until I started doing this podcast so you think about you look through your friends like, like and you think how many people have I met through rugby league and it's loads of people and it does bring people together and yeah walking rugby league is another way of doing that yeah lots of nodding you know like faces just nod as you walk past and ne- never didn't know the names, didn't know what they were like, just, yeah, I'm here, I'm good to see your area as well. <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what, years ago in like the 90s, I, I've, I've sort of said hi to you loads of times, same with Park, I didn't know Paul Parking, but I must have said hi to Paul Parking for 10, 15 years, yeah, yeah. and then it's only since sort of Facebook that then he became my friend on Facebook, and same with you, like I'm on the podcast, and I think, I mean, social media is, can be rubbish sometimes, can't it, for stuff. But I think for that, I think I, I've made loads of friends on that through rugby, just because of the faces that you see there. If you go through my Facebook now, most of the people who are friends on there either went to school with me or go to Salford. And it, it, it's been good in a way because it puts you on first name terms with them and you see them at the game and you can actually say, hey, Rob, you know, because I, I see you're on there and you, you, you can become a bit more familiar with people. So I think it's been good for that. And, and Salford, anyway, I think as a supporter base, I think we are all pretty close, really. We, mm. we all sort of say hi to each other and you know the faces and everybody seems... There's a real, real good community spirit solving. I think there always has been. 
uh, particularly the way games and that we all let on, we all stand together, we all get on. And I don't think other clubs have that as much as we do. Yeah. So if you're interested in the walking rugby, contact the John Blackburn at salfordcc.ac.uk. Final bit of news, Paul, is the club are looking for local bands slash artists to play at the AJ Bell. Obviously, after successes of Lee and Hulk KR, I think, had a band as well. I think it'd be a good thing. I know they had a few bands last season and, and artists singing before the game and you know, it gives you that sort of pre-season build-up with a bit of music and a bit of excitement. So hopefully the club will be inundated with Rick offers to play. Yeah, Dave, isn't Dave Campbell in a band? He is. Yeah, Dave Campbell's in a band, is it? Uh, El, oh. Elwood, I think they call called, aren't they? Yeah, yeah Dave Campbell would be good. I th- I've seen, he, I think I follow him, his band on Facebook. So, so yeah, he'd be good to have on. I mean, I've seen videos that they've done and they're really good. Mm. They do weddings and all sorts of stuff, don't they? So that'd be good to get them on. But, I mean, if you're talking about bands, I mean, I think it was great at Lee. They had that scouting for girls on. And I, and I believe they play St. Helens this week and they've got Tapawa, Carol Decker, China and Yuan, I think she sung that, didn't she, in the mm. 80s? So, you know, hats off to, to Lee. They're, they're putting some, some real entertainment on, aren't they? So, uh, but yeah, if you're a local band in Salford, I mean, wouldn't it be great to get a famous band down? I mean, what about New Order or someone like that? You know, I don't think Rookie's in New Order anymore. He's Peter Rookie's. Huh. He's from Salford, isn't he? You know, he got come down and do us a bit. So, uh, happy Mondays. They're, they're, they're a little old, I think, aren't they? But, uh, yeah, it'd be great to get someone like that. But I'm pretty sure there's there's local local bands, aren't there? And perhaps supporters who are in bands and, and music groups and that could come down and, and do a bit. I think it'd be great. You know, me, I, I love my music. So, yeah, get involved and, and tell the club. Yeah, if you want to get your band involved in this process contact inquiries at salfordreddevils.net and presumably send some kind of mp3 of you singing along or whatever for them to listen to and then they'll get back to you yeah yeah sounds good that sounds good yeah so that's the news this week now we'll see what's happening in the world of rugby league with white size world of rugby league Here's this week's Devil in the Detail, Amateur Report and World of Rugby League. There's quite a lot going on this week, so you'll have to bear with me. We'll take our time and get through it, I'm sure. We'll start off with Amateur Rugby League, the National Conference League. That was back in action after the uh, break for the Challenge Cup. In the, uh, the Conference Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield continued their good run. They beat Lock Lane by 28 points to 18. Uh, in Division 2, there was just one fixture involving our locals. Uh, sorry, two, sorry. Normanton Knights 14, Saddle Range 18 and Waterhead Warriors 56, Milford 4. The fixtures for this week, these games are all going to be played on Saturday the 11th of March. Division 2, it's Saddle with Rangers against Waterhead Warriors. Lee East faced Oldham St. Anne's. There's no game for Rochdale Maple because they're appearing in the Challenge Cup this weekend. In the Northwest Men's League, there's some results from last Saturday. In the Northwest Men's League Cup, Blackbrook 24, West Orton Lions 6. In the Alliance Cup, the game between Rochdale Mayfield and Wigan St. Jude's was a, a no result. The fixtures for this week in Division 1, it's Soheath Crusaders A against West Tartan Lions. Charlie Panthers are at home to Salford City Roosters. Dalton face Caddy's Head Rhinos and Wigan Springview entertain Folly Lane. In Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield A are at home to the Ashton Bears A. Division 3, Waterhead Warriors A face Langworthy Reds. Division 4, Bolton at home to Runcorn Highfield. There's a name from the past. Alliance Division, it's Oldham St. Anne's A against Ince Roads Bridge A. In Student Rugby League, 
It was Wednesday, the 1st of March, in Tier 2 of the Northern Division. Manchester beat Salford by 74 points to 4. In College Rugby League, Furness 60, Salford Red Devils 16. The fixtures for this week, these games are playing Wednesday, the 8th of March. It's Newcastle A against Manchester, that's in the Northern Conference Cup. There's a couple of fixtures in College Rugby League, also on Wednesday, in the Premier Division. Salford Red Devils are home to Wakefield and Castleford Tigers face Hotwood Hall College. Runshaw face Oldham 6 form, that's in the North West League. Well, moving on to the North West Youth Leagues. There's quite a lot to get through here. On Friday, the, these games are played on the 3rd of March. In Division 2, Salford City Roosters 12, Goldbourne Parkside Greens 42. That was the under-13s, Division 2. On Sunday, the 5th of March, Division 2 of the under-15s, Follow Lane 30, Lees 10, Pookington Rex 0, Oldham St. Anne's 30. In Division 3 of the under-15s, Saddleworth Rangers 24, Crossfields Vipers 0, Waterhead Warriors 38, Ashton Bears 4. In the under-14s, Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's 58, Crossfields Vipers 0, Oral St. James 18, Oldham St. Anne's Gold 10, Thato Heath Shields 16, Folly Lane 12. In Division 4 of the under 14s, Accrington Wildcats 22, Wollstone Rovers Golds 20. In the under 13s, Division 1, Blackbrook Royals 68, Brochdale Mayfield 0. In Division 4, Division 2, sorry. Give me glasses again. Lee Minor Rangers, Golds 18, Oldham St. Anne's 38, Saddleworth Rangers 22, Halton Farmworth Hornets 36. And in Division 3 of the under 13s, there's one result Pilkington Rex 12, Waterhead Warriors 34. Fixtures for this Sunday. In the under 18, Salford City Roosters at home to Waterhead Warriors in the Premier Division. In the under 18s, Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield entertain Crossfields. In the under 16s, Division 1, Ryland Sharks at home to Folly Lane. Salford City Roosters play Wathbrow Hornets. In Division 2, of the under 16s Burton Wood are at home to West Horton Wigan St Cuthbert's face Saddleworth Rangers in Division 3 of the under 16s Overston at home to Langwood the Reds in the under 15s Division 2 Dalton play Rochdale Mayfield Division 3 Crossfields Vipers play Waterhead Warriors in the under 14s Wigan St Jude's are at home to Saddleworth Rangers in Division 1 in Division 2 of the under 14s Folly Lane face Oldham St Anne's Blacks Oldham St Anne's Gold at home to Thato Heath Shields in Division 3 of the under uh, 14s Rochdale Mayfield at home to Lee Minor Rangers goals. Division 4, it's Bankey Bulls against Langworthy Reds. And in the under-13s, Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Thato Heath Crusaders. Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's face Wigan St. Pat's. Wigan St. Cuthbert's at home to Saddleworth Rangers. And Division 3 of the under-13s, Waterhead Warriors face Latchford Giants Maroons. And West Hart and Lions are at home to the Blackpool Scorpions. Well, there was some reserve rugby league action at the weekend just gone. Leeds Rhinos in Division 1, they beat Bradford Bulls by 48 points to nil. St. Helens 72, Newcastle Thunder 4. Warrington beat Salford, Red Devils 40 points to 16. London Broncos 14, Hull FC 54. Huddersfield 66, Wakefield 4. And Castleford Tigers 12, Wigan Warriors 12. Moving over a couple of thousand miles over to... A thousand miles or so to France, something like that. We've got the results from the uh, French... A Coupe de France Lord Derby quarterfinals. The results Avignon 18, Pierre 8, Carcassonne 28, Lesignon 14, Limou 42, St. Gaudens 6, and Villa Gale Henk 20. I think you say it like that. I'll be 42. And there's no Elite League One fixtures for the coming weekend of the 11th and 12th of March. Right, well, before we have a look at domestic things, we'll have a look at the the results in the NRL Premiership Round 1. That's said about 12,000 miles around the world to Australia. New Zealand Warriors, 20. Newcastle Knights, 12. Penrith Panthers, 12. 
Brisbane Broncos 13 so they lost to Saints at home 13-12 and now they lost at home to Brisbane 13-12 cracking game that as well Manly Seagulls 31 Canterbury Bulldogs 6 North Queensland Cowboys 19 Canberra Raiders 18 Corolla Sharks 18 South Sydney Rabbitohs 27 and the Dolphins the new team they won they beat Sydney Roosters by 28 points to 18 They're a great match that was on the on the television as well big crowd there as well 32,000 to watch the Dolphins against Sydney Roosters great great win for them West Tigers 10 Gold Coast Titans 22 and Parramatta Reels they lost this was a cracking match this Parramatta Reels 12 Melbourne Storm 16 so some belting games there in the NRL the fixtures for round 2 it gets underway on Thursday 9th of March this game's on Sky Telly actually 9 o'clock Penrith against South Sydney Rabbitohs there's two games on the television on Friday Parramatta Reels against Cronulla Sharks and Brisbane against North Queensland on Saturday it's Sydney Roosters against New Zealand Warriors Dolphins play Canberra Raiders and the television game at past 8 is Melbourne Storm against Canterbury Bulldogs on Sunday it's West Tigers against Newcastle Knights and St George Illawarra face the Gold Coast Titans let's turn our attention to the Super League and the national, uh, the, the Betfred Championship and Betfred League well results from round 3 of the Super League from the weekend just gone Casford nil, Wigan Warriors 36 Catalan Dragons 38 Hull FC 6 Hulkingston Rovers 25 Lee Leopards 30 great win for Lee there scoring a few late tries as well in that match great win St Helens 24 Lee Dryanos 25 that was a belting game on Friday night as well Wakefield Trinity nil, Huddersfield Giants 8 and Warrington Wolves 36 Salford Red Devils 20 in round 5 of the Championship Barrow 18 Newcastle Thunder 18 Halifax Panthers 20 Batley Bulldogs 16 Keithley Cougars 33 London Broncos 22 Sheffield Eagles yeah, another big win they beat uh, Widnes Vikings by 42 points to 12 Swinton Lions nil, York City Knights 40 and Toulouse Olympics 72 Whitehaven 10 the match between Featherstone and Bradford was on Monday night and Featherstone won that game I think it was 26 points to 12 or 26-16 I think it was 26-12 so the, there was one game sorry last Monday the televised game was Widnes 42 Halifax Panthers 14 round 2 of the League 1 Dewsbury 50 Midlands Hurricanes 10 Hunslet 22 North Wales Crusaders 8 Oldham 62 London Scholars 18 and Rochdale Hornets 10 Doncaster 20 so the fixtures for this week Wigan Warriors face Catalan Dragons in Super League that's 8 o'clock Sky Telly on Thursday night on Friday night all these games are 8 o'clock kickoffs the telly game is Huddersfield against Castleford Hulkingston Rovers at home to Warrington Wolves Lee Rhinos face Wakefield Trinity and Lee Leopards are at home to St Helens and they've got another musical guest on at that game as well they had uh, scouting for girls at the Salford game well back to the 80s at this one they've got Tapau Carol Decker will be there China in Yand I think that's uh, one of her songs wasn't it so Lee pulling out all the stops again good luck to them in that game against St Helens on Saturday 11th of March Hull FC face Salford Red Devils a 3 o'clock kickoff at the KCOM Stadium the rest of the games had a Challenge Cup Saturday uh, 2 o'clock Lee Minor Rangers against Rochdale Mayfield London Broncos face Whitehaven at 3 o'clock at 2 o'clock it's All St James against Midlands Hurricanes Siddle face Sheffield Eagles at half past 2 Stanley at Newcastle Thunders at half 2 and Westgate Common face Hunslet ARLFC that's at half past 1 West Warriors play Witness Vikings that game is a 3 o'clock kickoff on Sunday Barrow face Swinton 3 o'clock Batley plays Wapbrow Hornets at 2 o'clock Bradford Bulls face York Acorn at 3 o'clock Dewsbury Rams at home to Rochdale Hornets that is a 2 o'clock Doncaster against Workington is at 3 o'clock on the Sportsman at 3 o'clock it's Featherstone against
against Halifax Panthers. Hunslet at home to Keithley Coos at three. And on the BBC Sport website, it's Thato Heath Crusaders against North Wales Crusaders. That's half past twelve. That should be a belting game. That Thato Heath, real good amateur side there. That's going to be a tough game for North Wales Crusaders. And could we see another uh, cup shock there? I possibly could do. York Knights face West Bowling. That is a three o'clock as well. So look at the league tables. Ferriston Rovers are five from five now, top of the table. Toulouse are second with four from five. And Sheffield Eagles have got four from five. Great start for the Eagles. In the Betfred League One, Jewsbury Rams have won both their games and so have Doncaster. In the Super League, it's just Warrington and Catalans now who are unbeaten. Warrington three from three and Catalans three from three. Wakefield at the bottom. They've yet to win a game along with Castleford Tigers. So that is it. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care. Have a good week. And I'll see you hopefully on Saturday in Hull. Take care. Ta-ra. So that was Whiteside's World of Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the whole game on Saturday. It's time for the Devil So Salford travel to Hull on Saturday. Big game after the defeat against Warrington. And thoughts, Paul? Big game for both clubs. Hull had a good start. They won the first two games, but they got battered in, in Catalan last week. Quite a heavy defeat there. They've signed some big names, haven't they? Jake Clifford, Tex Hoy, uh, Brad Dwyer's gone there as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're expected to do well again. They've got a new manager in Tony Smith. Uh, it's a big pitch. Hull, big ground. Ground I like going to. It's going to be tough. You know, with with the injuries we mentioned before, but well, no, I think I think I'm quietly confident we can go there and do a job. Looking at the bookies, we've got a six point start, so they think it's going to be pretty close, and they're not usually wrong. They're usually pretty uh, pretty bang on, so it's going to be a tight game. That tells me. So, looking forward to it. Um, I don't know. You can ask me for a score prediction in a bit, but I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. But yeah, I'm I'm quietly confident we can do a job. Yeah, I think in obviously, like you said, Brad Dwyer, he's a good player. And uh, Brad Fish, yeah. I think I'm impressed with him. I think last time we, we played him, and as a swift on the wing, he's quick as well. So, yeah, the wide open spaces of the is it the KC still? Uh, Will shoot rally ball ways, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we'll attack the game, won't we? Like we did against Warrington, and uh, I think when you go to Hull. You've got to quiet the crowd down, haven't you? They normally, you know, you can quiet them down a bit, and you get an early score. And you know, we've got players on there who can cause problems. You've got Mark Steen and Brodie Croft. You know, I think it's important that those two get off to a, a good start. Uh, I think I said before, I thought Warrington did a good job on Croft. They kept him quiet. They marked him really well. Hulker did. Teams are going to do that this season now. He's not an unknown quantity anymore, is he? So he's going to have to work a bit harder. But we've got we've got match winners on there. Look at our outside backs. You know, Dion Cross, Tim Lafay, Tim Lafay against Warrington again. He was really, really elusive. We've got to use that. We've got to use that against uh, against Hull. They've got a big pack as well. They've got some smart players. I mentioned Hoy and, and Clifford, who've looked good in the games I've seen so far. Brad Dwyer, we know all about him. He's, he's rapid, isn't he, round the rook. Um, and I think they've got Ben McNamara at halfback as well, who's uh, Steve McNamara's son. He's, he's a decent player. Brad Fash, you mentioned there, I think he's got the best... Haircut in Super League. He's, he's the one with the, the blonde mullet, isn't he? <laughs> he always impresses me. And Scott Taylor as well. Danny Houghton. 
Danny Howells, Danny Elton, he's been knocking around for years, hasn't he? But he's somebody who always impresses me, works his socks off, real tackling machine. Scott Taylor's a real fearsome forward as well. So they've got some good players, Hull, there's no doubt about that. They've got a very impatient chairman, I think, in that Adam Pearson. Uh, you know, he doesn't seem to have much patience, does he? But every season they're expected to do well. And, you know, for one reason or another, they always seem to flatter to deceive. But perhaps this will be their season. But we've got to go there and quiet down and play our own game. I think if we do that, we can we can get the win. There's no reason why we can't. Yeah, Tony Smith the Paul Rowley. I think Paul Rowley played under Tony Smith at Huddersfield. So, <laughs> obviously, I think, obviously, with Paul Rowley, he'll have probably took a bit of coaching advice off well not advice maybe the way Tony Smith operates in in his career so that'll be interesting battle between them two yeah Tony Smith he's managed a few clubs hasn't he in Super League Warrington Leeds Huddersfield and both all clubs now so he's done half the league hasn't he <laughs> that was a surprise to me that he left OKR to go to Hull he's um, a, a that seems to happen a lot doesn't it players seem to go from one side of Hull you know East Hull to West Hull the amount of players who play for both clubs is, is uncanny really isn't it so um, so yeah it's a big job he's got his hands there Tony Smith but you know he's a very very good coach I think he did a terrific job at Ulkair and turned them into a really good side didn't he so what pressure will be on him but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going on as I said to you before on a Saturday game rather than a Thursday you can make a bit of a day of it can't you go up to all and uh, yeah I'm excited to go and I think there'll be a lot of self supporters there we took another good following to Warrington didn't we, we took a belting following to Lee um, and, and again at Warrington Thursday night it was a big following there so uh, so yeah I'm quietly confident we can uh, we can go and sneak a win yep prediction time we'll start with the weather well I've been going up and down the M61 last two days. I've been all over the place around there and uh, the amount of grit vans I've seen out gritting the motorway, it's been ridiculous and it did snow a bit. I was near Manchester Airport today and it snowed a bit, but someone was telling me today it's going to belt it down with snow tomorrow. Mm. So I don't know how true that is. And that, you know, recording this Wednesday night, was so that was Thursday. But the weather looks all right, I think, for the weekend, doesn't it? It's supposed to be a bit warmer, but Hull, it's... It's cold up there, and it? it's always freezing. And if we go in the press box in that stand, you top of the stand now, it's oh, like being on top yeah. of the world there, isn't it? <laughs> so <laughs> so we'll have to get the blast with us. Yeah, <laughs> to get the oxygen tank with me up there. Yeah. I'll be fit by the time we get to the top of the top of there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. you normally get some soup or something in the press room there, don't you? So mm. fill a fill a flask up or something. So so yeah, I, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but uh, yeah, my advice would be take a big coat. It's big cold weather still, isn't it? It is. It is. Big cold weather for Paul. Write that down. Make sure you keep yourselves warm, ready for the the big kickoff on Saturday. I know we're like you said, it's going to snow in the next couple of days, so you're going to be going to be busy keeping Britain warm. Yeah, do my best, mate. Do my best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so prediction time. What do we think? I'm going to go Hull 18, Salford 22. Hull eighteen. Salford, 22. I can't remember what I said last week for the uh, game. Mm. I don't think, don't think anyone won. Uh-huh. I'm going to go Salford to win. I'm going to go Hull, 10. Salford, 36. Brodycroft, 36. 36. Brodycroft, hat-trick. Hmm. To, uh, I'll do us. That'll do us. You wrote them down. Wrote them down. Ready, ready for the Nando's when it comes in. 
Well, they've got so, a bump back then we win this, won't we? <laughs> I'm expecting a standing ovation when I get to Nando's. I'll have to send, <laughs> <laughs> send message ahead. You know what you should do is, you should pretend it's one of our birthdays so they might bring a cake and we can have like yeah, a celebratory so, cake. That's an idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Don't leave all the secrets away. <laughs> but Let's get all. this score right. <laughs> get the score right first. Then we'll get the cake started. <laughs> <laughs> So that's in this week's podcast. Another great show. I really enjoyed it. Just before I go, two things. Massive thanks to all the people that have donated on the Kofi in the last few weeks. It's really made a big difference to ourselves getting equipment and paying for programs. And obviously, this podcast isn't free to produce, but with your help, it's helping us continue to provide content for you to enjoy. Well, yeah, certainly. Well, yeah, you got me a tripod, didn't you? I did. Which, which I'm not on at the moment because my camera's not working, but I will be on that next week. So, yeah, that was a big thanks to the listeners, you know, for helping, you know, you get that for me with it, with those funds. So, uh, yeah, and Parky as well. So, we, we really appreciate it, people, you know, donating. And that. I mean, you, it, times are hard at the moment, aren't they, for people, you know, there's cost of living and, and what have you. So, if you enjoy the podcast and you can help us out, it's, uh, I can't thank people enough for that. I think it's, it's great. It really is great that people think a lot of us and, you know, listening to it. So thanks very much. Yep. And the breaking news is we've also got a website now, which is great. It's the devil in the detail, srd.com. On the website, you've got match reports. We've got podcasts and you've got pictures. We're going to hopefully expand on it as well. It's kind of work in progress. And, but it's a place where you can go to get all the content in one place. Which is, which is great, Paul. Yeah, I went on it the other night. You need to get a better picture of me. Oh, I'm crying on that picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is, Paul? You're a serial hugger. Every picture you have, you're hugging somebody. You don't have a picture by yourself. Usually the kids. I'm usually either with Ellen or the kids. Yeah, kids, <laughs> oh, no, Ellen, dog. Lots of different uh, ratios of like half yeah. faces. Never a full face by yourself. You get me a full face by yourself, I'll change the picture. How's that sound? All right. I'll, I'll work on it. Yeah, I'll see if I can find one for you. Just wipe I, might te- I might take You can take one of me this weekend at all. Yeah, maybe. Just <laughs> try to stop the urge of hugging someone before the, the shutter snaps. Yeah. People hugging me, Rob. People like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a curse, that. It's a curse. Oh, no. It is. It is. Uh, it looks good anyway. It looks yeah. good, and well done on the hard work putting it together. Yeah, like I say, I mean, hopefully it'll grow. We'll get more on it, and it'll be a place for the content for for our listeners to enjoy. So, big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. See you soon. 